0: But yeah, Jimmy, how you doing anyway, mate?
1: I'm very well. Yeah, nice to speak to you again. Absolutely,
0: how are you? all good, all good, all good. You know what? We we were in such a great conversation. I thought we can't we can't leave the audience out on this. We need to start recording.
1: Well, I was just reminding you that I'd actually promised a cigar that I didn't deliver on the last episode. The Mundo Lorena I think We have to get together. To have a smoke
0: Absolutely. One. Anywhere that you'd recommend? Like where? Where do where do you, you think we should? Uh, where do you think we should? We should smoke that.
1: Oh, I mean, it depends, doesn't it? In this sort of weather, indoors is quite nice. So yep. maybe somewhere like the Bulgari Hotel, or we had a nice time at the JJ Fox Sampling Lounge. There's we a did. Of other places indoors there. Um, you know, I got I end- got to
0: say the the experience at the JJ Fox Sampling Lounge was actually extraordinary. It was so nice there, really, really nice. I really enjoyed it actually.
1: And fantastic. I mean, looks uh, an amazing place to sit and have a cigar. But also, lovely, lovely people that run it and work there. I agree. I, I mean, George we we, we was our was our chap, wasn't he? I was just about to
0: say we have to give George a shout out because he was mm. just so welcoming. It was just amazing.
1: And I shared your, uh, I shared the, the little link to his music as well with you recently, didn't I? He's a fantastic musician too.
0: I couldn't believe it. You know what? He's that kind of guy. I was I was watching his 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 little thing. I didn't know he was a singer, by the way, because you mentioned that he's a he's a magician on the guitar. I didn't know he was mm. a he was a proper singer songwriter. Um and the guy's voice, I wasn't expecting him to sound like that. It was just unbelievable. He's like some kind of old country town, you know, really deep voice. It's unbelievable. Very, very cool. Brilliant.
1: Yeah. So when he gets on the back of this, when he gets... Five pence for the hundreds of people that listen to him. We'll get them to buy us a pence through through, <laughs> exactly. through, through through the, through the streaming. Uh, exactly. At
0: the exactly. But we had a great experience there. Obviously, we can't forget to mention Edmundo's. We had a really unbelievable time there as well. Of
1: course, Omar. The other Omar. The
0: other Omar. Maybe the original uh, Omar. The
1: proprietor of Edmundo's and his colleague James, James looked after us fantastically well. It was really, it was a really, really fun. Really lovely time, wasn't it? You um, know how how long did we spend the there, Jimmy? <laughs> two and a half hours.
0: Maybe even hours. longer, I think, because yeah. I I remember it was it was very dark by the time we left. Because <laughs> <laughs> we both walked we, to the we, uh, we, to the station together, and it was it was very dark.
1: It was great. It was great. First time I've been there. It was really lovely to to go and um, check it out. But lovely, yes. Yeah, so, I mean, Omar Omar's place. Um, Windows. I mean, the thing is when you go to an indoor sampling room yeah. there are a few places where i mean your, your listenership might not know that but there's a there's a legal exemption for sampling cigars in certain places you have to tick certain boxes and the argument being that you know you can sit down and try a cigar before you decide to buy a, a, a box or a more substantial purchase and because i think we've spoken about it before because the way cigars are made you do need to smoke at least two thirds of it before we have a decent idea of it. So there are a few places where you can go and do that, and most places stick to quite rigorously. But you have to purchase the cigars on on the premises. So we'd have to find somewhere with an indoor lounge that sells Lorena. Mm. Um, so leave that with me. Oh, well, that's that's going to be my um, Christmas project to find the right place for us to go.
0: Amazing, and you know what? But I know a bit about the Lorena, but why don't you just tell? My audience, why the Lorena could potentially be a quite special cigar.
1: Well, Lorena, essentially, what happens is in Cuba since um, 2005, Cuba have allowed each country or region around the world to produce one or two cigars. It's one now um, to be made by one of the, you know, one of the, um, one of the brand, 27 brands that have, excluding their global brands, so not Cohiba, Monte Cristo, Julieta Particus, et etc. And we can choose a a shape and size and a blend from one of these cigars and and name and packaging and all of that sort of stuff. And so uh, a few years ago, I think it was 2017, we had Lorena, which means the queen. And it's a long, thin cigar, 38 ring gauge, seven and a half inches long, box of 24, just like the the, uh, Trinidad Fundadores, which is slightly thicker. And they were made in the El Aito factory, which anybody that knows about cigars will know that's the home of Habana, which is the the tip of the pyramid, the most prestigious brand that Cuba have. And so they have some of the finest rollers working there. And so to have a cigar rolled there for our mark it was a very rare um honor, really. And it's something that we asked for and we got. And of course, a lot of the best rollers um tend to gravitate towards Elegito because of its reputation and its style. So we have these fantastic cigars, light to medium bodied, very elegant, you know, quite an old-fashioned style cigar. But actually what we found was because it's quite a fashion in style, there's not too many options. People like that shape from Cuba anymore, it used to buy a lot. It's really hit a nerve, that cigar. And it was made beautifully, it has great tobacco, and a lot of people were just desperate for that nice, long, thin, elegant smoke. And um, it has been um, one of the most successful, probably the most successful regional edition we've ever done.
0: Is Um, that right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. And we I mean, it's it's a lovely, lovely cigar. Mm. Lovely cigar.
0: Are regionals typically released in limited um, uh, numbers or, or is or is that not really the case?
1: Yeah, they number of the boxes. I think it's sixty thousand sticks is the minimum order. Oh, okay. We have that we have to, to place it used to be twenty-five thousand, but we could get two different cigars. Ah. And then they moved it into one. And fifty thousand was the minimum order, but I think it's gone up to sixty thousand now. Mm. So we're always quite careful about what we order, you know. Interesting. And it's great it's great fun, you know. We sit down, we have chats about it, we try different samples to different regions from other countries, try and get inspiration from old I mean one of the great things about being such an old company, at Huntsman Franker, is we have um, a lot of old records and catalogs and sales books and stuff like that. So we mm. can go and try and get inspiration from the past as well as what else is going on in the market at the moment. It's good fun.
0: Interesting. Good fun. Well, yeah. I think and I think,
1: th- and, and then we just sample the cigars and choose the blend and and then wait.
0: Amazing, amazing. And according to you, like how do how do you think the Lorena turned out? Do you think it was a kind of a home run hit?
1: I think it was fantastic, spectacular. Um, there's always uh, concerns when we launch a cigar like that, and I think it was undoubtedly a bit of a risk to make a cigar of that shape and size. Mm. Um, but it was, I mean, it's a cigar that I've, I haven't i have heard anybody say a bad thing about. So commercially, it was very successful. We yes. sold them very, very quickly. They're selling out of the shops as quickly as the guys want to sell them. But also from a, um, purely from a kind of uh, my own personal opinion about what the cigar was like, it's fantastic Mm. really really fantastic one of the best cigars that we've produced yeah so yeah home run is probably a good description
0: Mm. no yeah i i can kind of you know concur with what you just said Uh, everyone who i've spoken to who has had the pleasure of smoking the lorena have nothing but amazing things to say but yeah i think it's going to be really cool and maybe what we should even do is when we smoke the lorena let's uh let's mic up for about 10 or 15 minutes while we're smoking it and uh, give a little bit of a uh, of of a live experience to the audience. What's it like to, to smoke a cigar with a legendary Jimmy McGee? huh?
1: Legendary Jimmy McGee, I like that. Yeah, I should stay. <laughs> I mean, a ten minute gloat cast. Exactly. It? It's, it's, it's like, oh, this is delicious. Aren't we happy?
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we yeah. really wish you guys were here smoking with us today. Oh, but what a shame!
1: <laughs> <laughs> Actually, it's quite nice just the two of us. Yeah. <laughs>
0: exactly how
1: to alienate your uh your listeners
0: exactly you know just keep them keep them just close enough right you know it's uh showing that it's kind of like showing them an ocean of water but yet you can't drink any of it you know <laughs> <laughs> uh but jimmy listen the last episode we'll do we that. did we'll do that. we we will we will uh but listen jimmy the last episode we did um talk about home runs right you know uh it was absolutely fantastic um aside from me enjoying it so much so many of the audience members uh, thoroughly thoroughly enjoyed it and as a result of you and the education that you provided um, innumerable amounts of people have decided to pick up cigar smoking as a as a hobby people who were toying with the idea or maybe didn't even think about the idea were now taking it seriously uh, what you had done is you had moved cigar smoking away from the romanticized, the romanticized idea of smoking a cigar and had provided some really interesting, dare I say, intellectual information about cigar smoking and helping people to understand the artistry behind it, um, the craftsmanship behind it, you know, what it takes to create this single stick of tobacco. And that's been really fascinating. And it was a great learning experience for me as well. Unbelievable learning experience. In fact, I said this to you on a conversation recently. Every time I talk to you, you totally, totally mess me up because for the next four or five days, all I'm doing is any spare time I have, I'm what, I'm reading articles on the internet, I'm looking at every anything I can possibly do. That's what I'm doing. Um,
1: well, I mean, I can send you some stuff. I mean, absolutely. I mean, I think... I think that's very kind of you to say. I said, funny enough, I, my wife says to me, that I can make my, my job sound interesting for five minutes over dinner. And then I start <laughs> boring people about you know, south facing barns in the northwest part of the yard and long fermentation lasts. But at, uh, with the right audience, it seems like um, I can make it last, make it interesting for a little longer than that. Absolutely. So it's great to be back. And it's really nice to hear, you know. I mean, it's really, it's really uh, reassuring and encouraging to hear that you know there's guys out there that are interested in it because it's. I always tell people, never forget what a funny little world we're in. Mm. You know, it is, unless you're into cigars, there is really no no way of picking up this information vicariously, <laughs> you know. Because there's, I mean, there's legislation that prevents us talking in certain ways and you know, advertising and promotions and stuff Indeed. like that. Indeed. Indeed. So it's Indeed. very easy for it to just you know to you live your life and pass it by. So it's great to be able to speak to people. Yeah,
0: and it's 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 it really has been a beautiful journey as of so far. But the one thing that people want to know, and they want to know from the master himself, is it's all fine and dandy learning about the cigars and stuff like that. But can Jimmy please tell us what we need to smoke, or what we should at least be considering to smoke? um for our first cigar or second cigar or maybe i'm a little bit more advanced or maybe you know i've got a very kind of developed palette or whatever it might be and i want to have my first cigar uh what should i look at um and what brands are out there that have the fuller blends that have you know um the the lighter blends and all that sort of stuff so you and i decided to you know put our heads together and smoke a shit ton of cigars um, which was oh such hard work, mate. Such hard yeah, work, uh, right? Another
1: day of the coal face. For exactly, oh, yeah, you know.
0: Like. So 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 difficult, mate. So <laughs> difficult, you know. I've still got blisters on my hands. It's uh, it was. Yeah, uh, you're
1: supposed to put them out before that point. Right? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> that's a sign of a good cigar when you burn your fingers. I think. Exactly,
0: that's exactly. Um, and we we I sent you over a list of how many cigars? What, about 35 cigars, right? 30 or 40 cigars, something like that.
1: Is that a joke? It was about 90 cigars. I was thought. it? Okay, fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it was a comprehensive list. It Holy was, was shit. Great stuff. Holy so you shit. You sent me that list, and I went through it, and we kind of recalibrated a little bit, put it into some kind of order, and we highlight, or well, I highlighted some of the ones that I think are popular for, for popular cigars for people that are, are beginning to get interested in cigars. And that was where I think we had decided to just pick things up today with that list.
0: Absolutely. absolutely. I mean,
1: before we do that, there's a couple of things. One, if you're going online and you're going to start looking up people to read, um, I think I mentioned Simon Chase in the last podcast. Simon Chase, former marketing director at uh, Huntsman Frankow. Um, he has passed away a few years ago, but he's, he was a huge, huge influence on me. And he wrote um, across a series of different uh, magazines, Uh, Cigar Journal, uh, Virtuosity Cigar Magazine, and a couple of others. And if you can find anything online that Simon Chase has written, I can guarantee you that it's going to be fantastically well-written, very well-researched, completely accurate, and very interesting. So I would would recommend anybody to go and try and find work by Simon, um, because I'm lucky, actually, I have a a little list of some of his old articles, and I refer to them all the time. They're brilliant. So that would be a good place to start. In terms of brands, there have been registered Cuban, brand, brand, Cuban cigar brands for over 200 years. We've kind of distilled that down through all sorts of revolutions and wars. There's 27 now. Um, the oldest that's still producing cigars is uh, Paul Aranjaga, mm. uh, which I think you had a uh, Picadores, which is ah. a kind of a close to a Robusto. It's a 48 by five inch cigar. It's beautiful. A fantastic. Beautiful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Brilliant. Light to medium. And uh, beautiful honeyed smoke. But that's the oldest cigar brand still in production today. And that goes back to 1834, I think. And then the most modern brand, the most recent brand from Cuba to be launched is in 1999. And that's San Cristobal de la Havana, Ah. which is the original name of of Havana. San Cristobal would be St. Christopher, Christopher Columbus. And Havana was the name that the original inhabitants of Cuba had for that part of the of, of the island. Oh, my God. So, so that's, that's um, And we have everything in between. Now, within those 27 brands, the Cuban cigar industry have divided these into five main flavor categories, light, light, medium, 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 four. four. These are flavor categories. They're not based on the amount of nicotine per milligram of tobacco or anything like that. It's just a very subjective thing about how people are grading the flavours that they get from these cigars. Mm. So um, when the full flavour, you think of brands, you have things like Bolivar, Partigus, uh, Cariba Bahique, uh, Ramon Alonís, And then in the light flavour category, you have hoya de Monterey, Guedorse, Rafael Gonzalez, Fonseca. And you have a lot, you know, within those brands, you have all sorts of different um, nuances of flavour. And the shape and size of the cigar and the age of the cigar all play a part. But this is a really useful starting point for people. So it goes about saying, that I would say, I would recommend you start in the light. Not necessarily the light, but no further above the medium. You mm-hmm. might want to try a medium. I don't think something like a Romeo and Julieta uh, is a medium body smoke, which I, I, I think is quite approachable for a lot of people. Or you might try something like a Coiba uh, Siglo 2, which I think we've we've spoken about before. So getting the brand is is quite important. But I would urge anybody, if they're in the UK, we honestly have one of the best networks of Havana cigar specialists that you'll find anywhere in the world. They are really, really passionate. I mean, we've been and met a few. We have. You, you know, we, we, we you, you, we get, we get treated brilliantly wherever we go. We get met with the enthusiasm and passion and interest and engagement. And that's what anybody will get when they go when they go to one of these shops. Mm. And again, on our website, so it sound like I'm plugging something, but it's a really easy way to find your local one. It's cigars.co.uk there's a where to buy and smoke section. You type in your postcode and it will show you the, the specialists near you or near where you work. And go in there and speak to those guys because, one of the first, I think we, we did kind of touch it touch on it on the last we did. Uh, episode. But it's it's that thing that most I mean, almost I think everybody, everybody that works in the industry is happy to have that conversation, happy to talk to people. It's really it's the reluctance of the novice to mm. walk through the door that is the issue. Once you're through the door, I think you'll be treated very nicely wherever you go.
0: Yeah, you're part yeah. of the family, right? You know, the moment you walk through the door, you're kind of treated like family.
1: Well, who wants to be known as the guy that recommends a terrible cigar to somebody, you know? You, you can have so much fun with 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 customers when they begin to trust you and they begin to, you know, come back with their own preferences. and, the, and you, I mean, there's so many customers that you become friends with and end up swapping cigars with and very, very generous people in the cigar industry. So, yeah, go and speak to your specialist would be a really, really strong piece of advice from me. To anybody that's thinking about um, starting the cigar, start, starting um, smoking cigars, um, the first thing you have to do, I think, having thought about this a little bit, Omar, because you did mention that we were going to talk about this, I think the first thing we do is selecting, okay. So choosing the cigar. How do we? When we walk in, when I walk into a shop, which we did at Fox's, I didn't have a set idea of exactly what I was going to smoke. Mm. I walked in and I had a look and. Um, I had a look around to see what I thought looked, was catching, what was looking back to that would sound silly. There's um, actually, I'm going I'm to read out a quote here. I've got a quote here. Okay. Um, I hope you don't mind. Yes, please. Peter Mayle, who wrote A Year in Provence, described the top layer of cigars in a box as looking as prosperous and well filled as a group of investment bankers after a killing. And I think that's fantastic. So there's something about when you open the box and you look at these beautiful plump cigars there and the temptation is to just take one because you want to be polite and just take the first. Sure. Don't do that. Take your time. Look at them. Look at, the, look at the cap. Look at the foot. Look at the oily. Look at the, the wrapper. Make sure it's nicely filled all the way through. But also ask your specialist to pick one for you. Mm. you know? so, but you want, in terms of che- checking a cigar, you, nothing wrong with picking one up and feeling it. Burn, but springy is what you're looking for. You don't want it to feel stiff or hard or too soft. It's going to, it's going to affect the way that it burns. Because all of these cigars, bear in mind, are, are kept in humidors, or should be, at a, te- a, a temperature of 16, 18 degrees centigrade, about 65 to 70% relative humidity. Mm. That's, the kind of, that's what we're aiming for. And that, that will slow the burn and also allow all the oils to come through as you smoke it. Um, if they're a bit too dry or a bit too wet, then either one of those is not ideal. So you find the cigar that you like the look of based on, you know, things like, what time of day is it? Um, I tend to, I mean, the, the, the kind of the classic rules are light cigars in the morning, medium flavoured cigars in the afternoon, full flavoured cigars after dinner. Okay. I don't follow that. I don't follow that stuff, but often I think it's quite nice to have rules that you can then ignore.
0: I like it, you, yeah.
1: You know? Um, so I like something like d P. Six. I love that as a breakfast cigar. You know that and a strong coffee is a lovely way for me to start the day. Um, but other things like um, how long do you have to actually smoke the cigar? Mm. What are you going to drink with it? What have you had to eat? Who are you with? You know, what's your environment? Because if you've got all evening, but you're you're in a very cold place, maybe you don't want to stand outside for too long if you've got to go and smoke outside. You want to be able to relax while you're smoking and you want to enjoy the entire cigar. Because if you don't have time to smoke the entire cigar, you're missing out on a lot of what that cigar has to offer. Because as as we were talking previously, when the cigar roller makes the cigars, they point all the leaves in the same direction. Mm -hmm. And as you smoke down the leaf, you get a development and build up and strength and flavor and taste and all of that lovely stuff. And if that gets cut off halfway through, it's not just a money thing. It's just a shame and it's a bit of a waste. Mm-hmm. So you get a smaller cigar, you'll get a little bit more of that development. That would be my advice. Um, I tend to smoke I tend to smoke stronger cigars in the winter as well. I don't know why that's about.
0: Uh, I have actually uh, noticed that myself, to be completely honest. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah and I, I, I noticed I find... that smoking the specially selected the other day. Um, mm. it, it just gave me this kind of warm feeling. It was really weird. You know, each mm, puff, a great I, cigar. it's It's amazing. Um, but for me, like each puff, just, you know, I don't know. It just it's weird. I can't even explain it. It's kind of like a, a really heavy, thick, hot chocolate that has been made with dark chocolate. Right. That's right. kind of what it reminded me of um, something that you sip very slowly and gives you a lot of um, uh, a lot of satisfaction in each sip. That's kind of what you get. That's the experience it gave me.
1: Yeah. And, and well, and the flip side of that is, I find in the sun, strong cigar a little bit overwhelming. You know, mm. it kind of it can become a little bit uh, fussy. You know, rather it's just something a bit easygoing mm. because I'm already you know, I'm you're already a bit flustered. Half, I'm half Scottish and a quarter Jewish. <laughs> I, mean, I, I, I get flustered in the sun, so it's um, it's, it, I don't need any encouragement. So something yep. a bit lighter than that, I think, is probably what I, what I would go for. But um, once you've chosen the cigar, once you've selected the cigar, do you want to go through the stages and then we'll go through some recommendations at the end? Absolutely, do let's
0: do it. No, 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 you, you carry on and then we'll kind because of uh, shift over to, to the like, recommendations.
1: Then we, have to, then we have the cutting. Um, once you've chosen your cigar, the first thing you have to do is you have to prepare it by cutting it because one end is sealed with a bit of cap which the roll or torsuit door will have put onto the end of the cigar, partly um, for appearance, partly to let you know which end to draw through and which end to smoke, because they've, they've rolled it in this special way. If it looks exactly the same, you won't know which end to lie and which end sure. to draw through. But but just to just, to, also,
0: just to also clarify, though, we, we, you you are talking about the typical Parejo shape right now, aren't you?
1: Yes, absolutely, yeah. Although, figurados and double figurados are, do have caps, um, it's very easy to tell which end you should be smoking. Sure, sure, yeah. sure, sure. Um, and then... Um, it's partly for appearance. It's partly to tell you which end to smoke through. But then I think the last thing is it, it makes sure that you have a nice clean cut to smoke through, so you don't get any what we used to call feedback. you <laughs> getting a bit of feedback from the cigar. <laughs> you I know, mean, the little bits of tobacco can sometimes go into your mouth, and you have to. Yeah. Uh, it stops a lot of that. You know, you can have a nice clean cut. You have a nice easy draw from it. And what you're trying to do is cut the whole face of the cigar off with a straight cut so that you can open up all of those different leaves and get a nice open smoke. So the, the, the main ways of lighting a cigar, I mean, cutting a cigar, is uh, a straight cut, double, double-bladed or single. That's like a guillotine. That's like a blade that just chops the end off. Yeah, Scissors do that as well. So, you know, you just chop the end off. And that leaves quite an open, wide open uh, area for the smoke <laughs> to pass through. It's the most simple way. It's the most classic way. It's the way that I cut 99% of my cigars just with a little plastic cutter, you can get them at any cigar shop. Any cigar shop will sell a range of different cutters, um, from anything probably normally from about five or, or even cheaper, yeah. right up to you know you can spend lots of money on some beautiful things mm. by some kind of yeah, furniture or they like jewelry at certain point. Where you get things like from Estee Dupont.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, well, actually, you know, as of as of recently, and I think this is probably a good opportunity to mention this. I've recently been using the Calibri stuff that you very kindly sent over. Um, oh yes there we go you Dude like that stuff, listen right? mate this is this is why i this is why why i am the host of this show you know i know how to segue you know, this, this shit <laughs> this you know i'm telling you exactly you know this is why <laughs> this is why i'm the man with the microphone you see <laughs> but uh, <laughs> um you know i've been using the calibri stuff recently now i have had the pleasure to to use the SD dupont i have the SD dupont um uh maxi jet cutter i think it's called
1: oh yeah yeah um
0: and i've also got the st dupont maxi jet lighter as as well mm-hmm. very very nice very dressy very beautiful but as far as i'm concerned too expensive uh for what it is mm. far too expensive um just for the lighter and the cutter we're talking upwards of 300 350 pounds you know this is mm. this is uh, quite a serious investment and um uh, for me is very much an aesthetical improvement uh, not a functional improvement the time that i spent with the sv cut um has been extraordinary um really really great but but you know what mate i i have to say that those little plastic cutters and stuff like that sometimes i do get a bit too much feedback <laughs> yeah so i would
1: somebody I, described somebody described them as semi-disposable to me once and that's stuck I thought, what's Just you bite, You cut your skull (laughs) once, you get annoyed and throw it away. Yeah, it's worth a little bit of investment. I think they'll be fine. Actually, as we're talking about people, talking with people who are very new to this in mind, I don't want to sound too flippant with that because I use those cheap little cutters all the time and I don't mind a little bit of rough. Yeah, of course, of course. They are very good. and and, And again, in your shop, in the cigar shop, they should be able to just cut those. The, the, the heads off, no problem at
0: all well. of course so, of course of course but there, but, there is something about having something that is beautifully made you know substantial i mean the sv cut i mean listen if i don't if i if my my trousers aren't tailored properly it's going to pull my trousers down i'll tell you that right you know it's a,
1: it's, a, it's a heavy oh, piece of kit it. you know you know it's funny because for years i was always kind of i, sh- I kind of shied away from those kind of things yeah um the maybe it's because i've been at home a lot more with the with the lockdown and stuff mm. but i've really fallen in love with some of these more chunky jet flames i would always use what we call a yellow flame or a lazy flame sometimes sure or a you soft know, like flame sort of, a bit a, a, a clipper or a zip a, Yeah, no, a zipper, sorry a clipper those or those would be
0: uh, soft flames right
1: soft flame more gentle introduction so sorry we've gone from we haven't quite finished with cutters then we went on to yeah 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 so so
0: yeah as i was saying so like i i really love the sv cutter I uh, straight cut every single time and the thing i really do like and i would really recommend this that particular cutter has got a backstop on it yeah you know and um i cannot tell you how many times where because listen i've got a bit of handshake going on as well My, my hands shake a little bit especially after a a coffee my hands mm. do shake a bit uncontrollably sometimes. Um, and I'm not the most accurate when you're dealing with these kind of things. So sometimes I will cut past the cap. Maybe I won't cut enough off. I'll cut too much. But with the backstop, it's kind of foolproof. Uh, it's very, very cool. I like that. I like that feature in that particular one.
1: So the backstop really is just, it's a piece. I mean, it's, it's a cigar cutter where you can't put the cigar all the way through because mm. there's a block at the end. So it's a kind of, we used to call them rookie cutters. Ah. Because it was really easy. And if you haven't got one of those, but you want to cut a cigar like that, what you do is you lay the, the cigar cutter flat down on a table or a flat surface, open it up and then put the head of the cigar in, standing upright with the head on the table. And then you squeeze and you'll cut just a little bit off and you won't cut too much off. So that's like a way of making sure ah, you don't cut too much off. So that's kind,
0: totally of a, kind of a manufactured backstop.
1: Yeah, yeah, you just kind of create one out of the table. Sure, yeah. sure, sure, so, sure. Yeah, but the other the other ways are V cuts, which are very popular now. I'm loving it. Um, I'm I was loving speaking it. Speaking to our chap at Calibri mm. a, a chap at because we are the distributor for Calibri in the UK. Yes. Um, and I was speaking to the chap that looks like the I don't think we called him a brand ambassador, but if it was whiskey, I'm sure we would um, sure. for Calibri for the UK. Um and he said the V cuts are now basically as popular as straight cuts and he thinks that they'll be outselling them next year which is incredible because when I started with Cigar (laughs) during the war during the war Uncle Albert there we go Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) Um, when I started um, many moons ago young man um, V cuts were basically out you know a few Americans liked them um, they were a traditional thing that had just kind of had its day. And they've been really kind of um, brought back into the mainstream, because the, mostly because the blades have become a lot better. Mm. And so that's a cigar that's sometimes called a wedge cut um, or a cat's eye cut. It would cut a strip out of the cigar, like a, a wedge into it. Mm. And the idea being that it cuts a bit deeper, so you get a little bit more of an easy draw. And if you do have a slight knot or something like that at the head of the cigar, cut through that you'll be able to get when I say the draw that's about getting the smoke from the ember onto your palate. You know how much resistance do you have from that? And so be able to get it's a very personal thing where you cut the other one is a bullet cut or or, a or punch. Where you just cut, punch is another word for it where you have a circular blade and you screw it into the end of the cigar and pull out a little plug of cap and then you smoke through that and that kind of channels the smoke into a slightly smaller hole. It becomes a little bit more intense on your palate and maybe it takes a bit more time to open up.
0: So I, I actually tried the punch for the first time a couple of weeks ago. Uh, so again mm-hmm. um you know uh the I, I can't remember the name of it actually. It's the Calibri Punch Quasar or something like that. Um yeah. And what what a great piece of kit, right? You know it's got all great. the different sizes on there and I had a very very small slim cigar the Paul Laron Monte Carlo. Um and, yeah. And it's unbelievable. So, so cool. (laughs) And I just, you know, punched the end with a little punch and it was beautiful. It was really nice, actually. One of the best smokes I'd had. Uh, I've noticed it doesn't really work great for me on the thicker cigars, uh, Mm -hmm. anything north of anything Robusto sized. It just it doesn't really, you know, tickle my fancy in that regard. Um, But I am loving uh, on the on the basis of our friend Eddie, uh, Eddie
1: Sahakian. Uh, his recommendation yeah, great guy. and i mean who's going to argue with eddie i know right yeah. not, not me. just because he's not just because of his standing but also because of um, what a lovely guy he is he's just he's just unbelievable <laughs> so, and so when he says cut it like this you go "Oh, that's great
0: absolutely but he has, a,
1: he has the crown cut does he call it the, he's he call the it uh, cut he's got the the
0: the double v the double v is what he calls double it v. or the, or, or, oh, the right. or the rose i think is another thing that mm. he calls it uh but um mm. But I've really gotten into the V cut recently. And it's it's very, very nice. I'm I'm really enjoying that.
1: And it is a really personal thing. Mm. You know, some people swear by it, and other people really don't get on with it. I personally don't like it too much, because I feel like the end of the cigar kind of loses a bit of integrity. And it kind of, mm. it's a little bit kind of soft, whereas I think with the straight cut, you've got a solid end of the cigar rather than a bit that kind of opens and closes a little bit.
0: Interesting. But, but again, this is the beauty of it, isn't it, Jimmy? You know, mm. one person likes something else, another person likes something else. Who cares? It doesn't matter. But
1: you know, it is what it is. Like when people don't argue about cigars. Course they just not. say, okay, well fine, we'll, we'll never have to squabble <laughs> if there's a humidor open. You have those ones and I'll have these and we can smoke happily together. Exactly,
0: you know? exactly. But yes, sorry, do you, want to, do you want to kind of go over to the lighting aspect now?
1: You know your calibre thing reminded me of something. Did I tell you about when I was going to fly to Cuba and I was sat next to somebody? Did I tell you that story?
0: Yeah, there was it someone was, uh, sitting next to you. You was, were going to like a journalist event. He was a journalist or something, wasn't he? No,
1: for, I was going to Cuba with with my training week. I take a, I take a group of people to Cuba from the UK every year. Yeah, and the reason I say this is because calibre is Spanish for hummingbird. Ah, and the guy sat next to me was kind of sweating and he looked very nervous and he was kind of. You know, doing all these little kind of self-soothing motions of oh, rubbing his head he and, was and a rubbing his face. Bird watcher, wasn't he? He was a bird watcher. That's okay, it. so the story was the story was because I said to him, and end, I thought maybe he was a nervous flyer, and I said to him, um, "Is everything okay?" You know, eventually, I like to leave people alone, but he did really look uncomfortable. And then the story eventually came out that his friend had sprained his ankle or broken oh. his knee. I can't remember. So he he'd he'd offered to step in. To go and run this um, bird watching week in Cuba for these American customers, is he'd never been to Cuba before, and the bird that they'd specifically said they wanted to see was the bee hummingbird, which is the smallest bird in the world, and he's never seen that. <laughs> so so he, was, he was flying out to a country he'd never been before to try and find the smallest bird in the world, which he had, no which he's idea never seen before.
0: Was. You know, uh, that kind of yeah, reminds me yeah. of, you know, that, uh, you know, that scene in uh, Only Fools and Horses where they have to find the very rare butterfly that no one's ever seen before. Uh, and Rodney's kind of walking around with it cupped in his hands.
1: Um, and then, yeah, it kind of yeah, reminds yeah, me of that. that. Yeah. Yeah. So that reminds me of that. I mean, Calibri, the name Calibri reminds me of that quite regularly. Um, but as a, as a brand, you know, they're fantastic. Yeah, anything, like you said, anything from about £10 up to £150, all sorts of different lights, pipe lighters, soft lighters, jet flames, double flames, triple flames, yep. table lighters, ashtrays, great stuff. Um, for us, the lighting is something, the basic thing with lighting is that you don't use a candle or a, or a petrol light like a Zippo. Mm. They're the two kind of, that's the two things to really avoid. Anything that has flavour to it. Because these these um, cigars have been blended very specifically with the flavour in mind. And anything that's going to impinge on that or taint that is something that we would avoid. Mm. So you don't use a Zippo, you don't use a candle. But other than that, you know, or wax candles as well as something that you rarely get these days. Um, other than that, I think you can light a cigar with with... With a yellow flame or a jet flame, or cedar matches is probably the most traditional way. Mm. I love using matches indoors. Yeah, and, and you get the long matches, which are cigar matches. We provide, we produce some of these, but lots of lots of shops have their own nowadays. And you know, it's just a little bit longer. You just take your time. That's the most important thing with lighting a cigar: is to take your time. You're trying to get the entire face of the cigar lit at the same time. So, I think the um, the most important thing is to, is to not get flustered. Mm. Um, try not to get any child marks down the side of it. Keep the cigar about 45-degree angle, 90-degree angle above the flame. Hold the flame still if it's a yellow flame and just rotate the cigar very gently between your thumb and forefingers. Try and get the, the whole face of the cigar. Blow on it gently if you want to, just to make sure that it's... And then, of course, if it's for yourself, put it in your mouth. And light it like that. A yep. few puffs on it when it's in your mouth will really help. The trick is not to inhale it, though, especially the cigarette smokers out there. Of course. It's very, very difficult not to. With the jet flame, I think you hold the cigar still and you move the flame in because it's so much more intense. Mm. The, fire, the, the flame is more intense and hotter. So you really want to be able to see exactly where you're putting it. Mm.
0: And arguably more um, precise
1: as well. Definitely more precise. Yeah. I mean, the two thought, the school, two schools of thought are, you know, you can either light the cigar very accurately and more uh, instantly with the jet flame. And so if you light it all at the same time, it will burn evenly all the way mm. down, which makes perfect sense. And with the yellow flame, it maybe is a little bit more sloppy or a little bit less accurate, like you say. And so you might get some uneven burn because you've overlit one bit and underlit the other. And then the people that like the yellow flame will say that actually the the blue flame could bruise or scorch or char the tobacco, and you end yeah. up with a slight charry taste to it. Whereas the yellow flame is more intro- a gentle introduction of heat, mm. allow some of the oils to be released. The truth is, you'll find a way that you like, and I don't think. I mean, it's not you can light a cigar perfectly with either one, and oh, I, dude. you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't bet a fiver on being able to guess how my cigar had been lit. You know, I mean, I wouldn't to be, bet anything on it because it's once it's, it's lit. It's it's, lit.
0: It's one of those things. And like for me, I don't know, for me, the distinction between a yellow flame and a butane torch um, mm. is essentially if I'm outdoors, I'll use a butane torch. Uh, mm. If I am indoors, um, I'll use matches or a soft flame uh, if I have that available yeah. uh, just because out of necessity, I can't use it outdoor and you know, I will use a um, a soft flame indoors just because it's a bit nicer, a bit slower, a bit more meditative, I guess. Uh, but I've never really it's noticed part any difference. Of the ritual.
1: Yeah, you know, it's part of the ritual, and and I I think that the the enjoyment of a cigar starts when you start thinking about having a cigar. So me and you are going to meet next Thursday, say. Yep. I'll wake up Thursday morning and think, right, what am I going to take for me in Omar? And I'll start the enjoyment then. And then the selecting of the cigar or talking to the guys in the shop, what's smoking well, what you recommend, all of that stuff. I enjoy all of that. And then we we'll take the cigars, enjoy showing you what I've chosen, and then the cutting and lighting is all the anticipation of it. So don't rush any of that. Do as much of it as you like. I mean, I don't really like people preparing cigars for me. I prefer to do it myself. Yeah, me too. Just because I get I I just I there's so, like so much
0: enjoyment out of it, me, right? You
1: know? Yeah. Yeah. And I don't, you know, I just I just it's part of the ritual it's part of the preparation for enjoying the cigar. Mm. I'm totally yeah. with you.
0: I'm totally with you. But yeah, do you think we should uh, we should talk about a selection now? Or do you think that there's um uh, there's,
1: there's a- one more thing to say about smoking about yeah, you know, I okay. think, well, one thing is 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 when people smoke, I think they should um take their time, definitely don't inhale. Mm-hmm. Um cigars are there to be sipped really rather than gulped, I think. Yep. It's nothing like you don't need to put a timer on it or anything, but this is about just enjoying a bit of time, either on your own or, or with, with company. And um, there's, I've got, I've got one more quote. Please, this is the last thing I wrote, I wrote, two, I wrote two things down, Omar. I thought this is, the, I better do some preparation, so I got two quotes out. And this is from Simon Chase. He mm. says, "If, because this is about when do you stop smoking the cigar? Okay. That's another thing we get asked. So, if first of all the cigar is in perfect condition, and second that the smoker is in perfect condition too." When these two coincide, there's no reason why you should not proceed until your fingers are in danger of scorching. I like that. And I think, is perfect. Because a lot of people get worried about when do I when its over. You know when it's over, when you've had enough, or it's burning your fingers. And that's mm. as simple as that. So don't worry. I mean, there's a lot, a lot of... They're not rules. There's guidelines about how to smoke. And most of them can be quite confidently ignored. If you're enjoying it, you're doing it the right way. And that's a really important thing, I think, for people that are quite new to it. To just understand, you know, band on or off, that's another one we get asked all the time. Mm. Don't take the band off before you light the cigar, because they stick those on by hand, and there's a little bit of glue that might touch the wrapper. And if you try and tear it off while it's cold, it might rip the wrapper. But if you leave it to just smoke for just a minute or two, it all warms up, softens up, and you can normally just unravel it or slide it off. So they're another little kind of thing that I think people ask quite a lot about. What about um, the,
0: what, or, uh, a question that just come up in my head? And this is something that I do get asked quite often with people who are maybe smoking their first cigar or whatever. Uh, what's your opinion on um, not finishing the cigar, cutting the lit bit off, putting it in a tube and relighting it at a later date?
1: Personally, I don't like doing that. Yeah. Personally, I find what happens is for me, the I mean, if you're going to do it because some people love it. Yeah. And uh, one of the first things, when we have a a cleaner change uh, start in the office, first thing they get told is don't throw anything away from the ashtrays in our boardroom. We sample cigars sometimes in our boardroom, obviously, just to see the state of the batch, the the cigars that are coming through. Um, And there are people in the company that think that cigars can sometimes improve overnight. I'm not one of them. I think if you leave it more than an hour, even an hour is a bit on the outside. The 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 oils and the tar that's being filtered out naturally by the cigar will congeal and solidify mm. when you relight them. It's quite a bitter taste. I think you'll definitely notice a change in flavour to something stronger. If a cigar goes out, don't worry about relighting it at all. But it, I think a cigar in the astro overnight, when you come back to it, tastes a bit too ashtray for me. Sure. But, If you are going to do it, you cut the end off, cut the lit end off with your cigar uh, cutter and give it a good blow through the end to get out any excess smoke that might be in there Uh because you don't really need that stale smoke in there and then put it into your tube. And that's probably the best you can do. And why not? You might like it. I think, again, the other thing is always try something. You know, people say, I found some very dry cigars. Should I just throw them away? I always say, well, try because, you know, you throw them away or you bring them back and then you throw them away because they don't taste any good. But yeah. why would you throw them away before you try? So if you think you might like a cigar that's been out um, or the second half the following day, try it, you know, Interesting. because people that I respect a great deal do enjoy it like that, but it's just not for me.
0: Could you also just tell me one other thing? And I, I noticed this recently in a, um, in a batch of cigars that were, was, was in one of the a small desktop humidor that I have. Um, they had developed these green spots on there and there were some cigars that you and I were looking at, some very, very old ones at JJ Fox and, and they had a couple of mm. those green spots and I was asking you, what are they? And, you know, if, if anybody who's listening comes across cigars with, with those green spots on there, maybe if you could just tell them what that, what that might be.
1: So there are a few things that occur on a very natural product like a cigar that um, people like. You know, when it gets a very dark, oily wrapper, that's very fashionable at the moment. Mm. People really like that. Um, and some things that they don't like so much. And one of them is these little green marks. And why would you like them? It's fair enough. It does sometimes look a bit unsightly. Sure. But essentially what that is, is when we, uh, when we, <laughs> I don't do any harvesting of tobacco leaves. When the farmers, <laughs> the vigueros, just trying to pro myself in there. That's know, fine. Um, adding adding some extra value to what I do. Um, <laughs> when the vigueros or the farmers harvest the leaves in pairs they take them um to the curing barn these are kind of relatively kind of basic huts that you find on most tobacco plantations in cuba they get sewn into pairs and they get hung on a pole 50 pairs to a pole to dry out and if there's a slight fold in the leaf or if the leaves haven't quite separated properly over that pole then it doesn't it doesn't oxidize in quite the right way or the same way so that chlorophyll retains its green quality. Ah. but it's still been cured and fermented and aged. And, you know, actually, a long, long time ago, there used to be a, a type of cigar called a Candela, which mm. was a bright green wrapper. And that was something that was treated. I think they used uh, heat to cure it. So it retained all of its green color. Wow. Not very popular. Now, nobody really. Sometimes you see Columbo. Oh, I see Columbo smoking one on the quite <laughs>
0: interesting
1: but generally people don't use the i think there's one by i think some non-cuban there's a non-cuban i think it's alec bradley filthy hooligan or something like okay. that at least, with a bit of green in it but yeah it's something that people some people do not in cuba so that's all it is it's a it's just a little bit of the wrapper it hasn't quite cured in the expected way but Understood. it doesn't change the flavor it doesn't change the. flavor it doesn't
0: render it it's unsmokable. it's it's totally fine to smoke at
1: least okay no, I think the only thing that you can really say would be uh, make a cigar Smoke would be if it's very very dry, very very wet, or if it's been attacked by weevil, which by is a weevils. little bug, which is very very rare, but we won't get into that. Today. Yeah. Okay.
0: Yeah. Okay, so let's let's get on to our little selection. I'm pretty sure that this is what everyone's been um uh, been waiting for.
1: Yes. No, we, we, we've um, had quite a long preamble to that. Haven't no, we?
0: it's pretty great actually. I think there's like a lot of uh, a lot a lot of things that you kind of cleared up and just make sure that because like the, the one thing that I think is so important is the, the there's these kind of small nuances in the cigar ritual that are typically ignored um, and what happens is you end up spending a lot of money on on this product you know 30 40 50 pounds sometimes mm-hmm. um, and it's important to be able to treat it with the respect that was put in to make the thing um, you know so yeah you know like I said it's 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 great it's always great listening to you Jimmy yeah <laughs> Right. Okay. That's very kind of you. Okay, yeah. so if I could just um, uh, make a really quick statement. So, as as you mentioned, uh, Jimmy, so you, you've you've split things up, or we've split things up into the different um, uh, blend mm. uh, strengths, like Fl- flavor
1: categories. Yes. Would be,
0: would, yeah. Yes, and we've also split each flavor category into long and short. Um, yes. So if you want a yeah. long, light um, uh, smoke, we've got a recommendation for that. If you if you want a short, full-bodied smoke, we've got a recommendation for that. So, you know, just wanted to kind of give a, um, a prerequisite in that respect. Okay, mm-hmm. so the first category that we have is our light, short cigars. Um, now, the two that we ended up settling on, or the two that you ended up highlighting is the Hoyo Epicure number no. two and the Hoyo yeah. Petit Robusto. Maybe you could tell tell yeah. us a little bit about those. And while you do that, okay. I'm gonna get my glasses because I can't see shit. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so I'll tell you about the Epicure number no. two. Essentially the Epicure number no. two is a classic Robusto size. So it's a really popular shape in today's world, yeah. which is four and seven eighths of an inch by fifty ring gauge. Um Classified as light-flavoured, D'Oyre de Monterey is a brand dates back to 1860, so it's one of the older ones. And it is by far the most popular cigar brand in the light-flavoured category. In fact, um, Boysdale had a Cigar Smoker of the Year award uh, on Monday, this week. And Boy de Monterey won Robusto of the Year. So it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a cigar that a lot of people find as their first cigar they enjoy. And it's a cigar that I think, despite that, a lot of people continue to enjoy throughout their kind of smoking uh, life. It's got enough to keep somebody interested. Um, but it's also something that I would I would feel no way about giving to a In fact, I'll tell you something, we had a Rafael Gonzalez Perla I did the master of Banner cigars exam a few years ago, mm. for somebody and I asked her, what would you recommend to somebody who's never smoked a cigar before? And we had a range of cigars in front of us. And she said, well, I think you want me to say the Rafael Gonzalez Perla, because it's short and it's light. A Perla is four inches by 40 gauge. Okay. so 20-minute smoke. She said, but I work in a cigar terrace. And if somebody says they've never smoked a cigar before, and I give them that, and it's over in 15, 20 minutes, they're going to be disappointed. Yeah. So I would actually choose the Epicure number two. And I, that always stuck with me, because I think the temptation is to just give somebody something really small and really light and then it's, yeah, you know, are you getting the full cigar experience? Not really. You know, I love the, uh, the Up and Half Corona. Great cigar. Mm. But I don't know if I'd recommend that. I and mean, I think that might be on our list. It is on our list, but I yeah. I might recommend something a little bit bigger than that. I smoke them all the time because I've got two Chihuahuas or three Chihuahuas <laughs> now. I can smoke one of those before the dogs collapse from exhaustion while yep. I'm walking. It's only, it's only a 10-minute smoke. <laughs> and then the the petty, petty robusto from from Hoyo as well. I always thought it should have been called the Epicure Number Three. Ah. We do have an Epicure Number One, which is a bit longer and a bit thinner. It's a very similar band. It's the one that we smoked at JJ Fox to begin, and um, it's a great place to start, really, um, for for people that aren't used to, uh, or you know, just want to kind of dip their toes in. Really, mm. but I'd probably choose the Epicure Number Two over that
0: really yeah. over the petite robusto
1: i think so just I because so. it's a I mean, bit more a yeah.
0: bit bit more of cigar right
1: well the, the epicure number two is going to give you half an hour 40 minutes i mean smoking times are very problematic i normally ask people when somebody says how long does that take smoke. how long does it take to drink a gin and tonic yeah, yeah you know because the first one doesn't last very long but you know if you give me 15 i might take a while over the last mm. well how
0: long how long so, does the epicure number two last you
1: I think it probably lasts me about half an hour.
0: Okay. It lasts me maybe closer to 50. Minutes. Yeah. It, lo- it lasts me closer yeah. to 50 minutes because uh, I'm, I'm a very yeah. slow smoker. So, you know, anything yeah. kind of in I, between there, I think is probably a good shot.
1: Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, you're looking maybe, let's say, three quarters of an hour to enjoy that, yeah. you know, especially if you're quite new to it. And that, I think, is, I think the other thing we should say is when you're, if you're thinking about smoking a cigar, these are some of the things you would prepare yourself. You know, make sure you've got something in your stomach. Um, mm. make sure that you've got something to drink to hand it doesn't have to be alcoholic but it has to be something that you like maybe something with a bit of sugar it tends to work quite nicely with your palate when you're smoking um i know a lot of people that like coca-cola or diet coke or you know things like that if they don't drink alcohol or sweet mint tea is a nice one if you like mm. if you want something hot that's a, a really popular one with with lots of people you did have that at sure mundo's
0: when i uh, if i remember correctly did you? Yeah, no, you had I, that. I
1: had breakfast tea. I had breakfast tea, but it was. Oh, did you? Okay, I thought I mean, you I was had a. It was very nice. It was very nice tea, but I think I just talked too much. Yeah. And um, so something like that, make sure you're comfortable, make sure you're relaxed, um, and, and then you can start, you know, and make sure you're not going to be rushed. And that's, you know, funny enough, I was with somebody last week. We went out for lunch and then had a couple of uh, uh, cigars and a, and a drink. And he said, it was like being in a spa. You know, Mm. just the day of just kind of chilling out and doing nice things. And the cigar is like a a gentleman's smile or something.
0: I like that. I like that.
1: So, so Epicure number two, other cigars in the light flavor category, I think the Cedorse number 50 would be a good choice. Okay. That's a lovely cigar. It's not that well known. So, you know, these are the things that you might need to go to your specialists for. Epicure number two is going to be a lot easier to find. Mm.
2: Um,
1: They also do a 54 which is even bigger. That's the ring gauge of it. And, and they do a Corona, which is fantastic.
0: Fantastic. Fabulous. Um, fabulous.
1: So they'd probably be the small cigars. or the Raf- If you do want to do something very small, just a real little taste mm. of it, the Raffa is Perla, which is a light-flavoured cigar. It's four inches by 40 ring gauge they come in boxes of 25 or packs of 5 or you can buy cigars loose is the other thing most people should know okay. most cigar merchants will open a box and sell them individually so you don't have to go in and make a big purchase and you know they'll probably put together two or three different things for you if you if you ask them to fantastic so that Rafael Gonzalez Perla would be a, i mean I smoked one on Monday um, at this uh, awards thing and mm. it was delicious glass of champagne little smoke on this on the Rafael Gonzalez Perla Really nice, easy going. Um, pre Okay. 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 Yeah. Interesting. Interesting.
0: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I think that's an interesting little shout out there. Um, mm. Okay. So the, by the way, when it comes to actual tasting notes, and I know people can get a bit carried away with this, what, what do you mm. think people can expect for them to start lighting up an Epicure number two?
1: Yeah, it's really tricky, isn't it? I think if you were talking about, coffees this is a cafe au lait you know it's soft it's rounded it's approachable it's got a slight sweetness to it mm. it's got no kind of unpleasant surprises there's no, no real harshness yeah no spice no harshness it's a i mean creamy is a term that some people hate some people love but i think i can i think it's got a workable usage yep. when it comes to cigars yeah um is that kind of not it not Maybe if you get anything, it's a slight kind of like warm woodiness to it. You know, it's it's a it's a very approachable, I think yes. is how I would describe it. Yes. And I, I think I know that people do want, you know, pink peppercorns and saddle leather and stuff like that. And I really do struggle with yeah, those. Yeah, it's a bit it's, a bit it's a bit tough. I, it's a bit tough. What I want to do is actually with our Master of Havana Cigars, this is something I haven't really spoken to anybody about too much, but speak to them about the sorts of terminology they use. And see if we can get some kind of agreed language with it. You know, three or four headline words that we could describe each brand with. Because, mm. yeah, I think the Hoyo is is sweet, is smooth, is creamy, is is, is lacking in spice. It's got no harshness to it, no bitterness. It would be very easy going mm.
0: Beautifully yeah. put. Beautifully put. Um, okay, now we've got the the light large cigars. Now there were three on that list, and I think we did have a conversation about this, but none of them were highlighted. Um, mm. Now I'll just kind of throw them to you now, and if you just maybe tell tell me your thinking. So we've got the Hoyo yep. Double Corona, um, the and the uh, Kaidi or Say number fifty four. Mm-hmm. Those are the two that are in the light and long.
1: Okay, so of the... I mean, the thing is. I I think that there's two ways that you can not enjoy the cigar. Mm. One is being overwhelmed with the strength of it. You know, sure. really feeling like this is this is a lot of strong smoke that's kind of battering me. But the other one is is to be slightly overwhelmed through time. Because if you're not used to smoking a cigar, even if it's just a, a very light blend like the uh, Hoyo de Monterrey Double Corona, fantastic, fantastic cigar. Mm. Um, it's a big, big cigar, you know. Um, so it takes about an hour and a half to smoke. Right. And if you're not used to smoking, and you think, "Oh, this is a nice twenty minutes. Oh, that's a nice half hour. Oh my God, I've been with it for forty-five minutes, and I'm not even halfway through." Mm. And then it begins to, <laughs> and then it begins to wear you down. And so you have to be prepared to spend that long with the cigar and aware of what that's like. And sure. it, I, I think they are. Fantastic. When you get a double Corona that smokes well, that um, delivers everything that you want it to, there's very few better things than a double mm. Corona. And Hoyo Montre is, is right up in the in the first class. Mm. You know, I've never smoked a
0: have. Hoyo Double Corona, believe it or not.
1: I'm writing a list of all these cigars I have to turn up with no it's time we meet. <laughs> <laughs> oh God! Double Corona is a classic cigar, and it used to be that was as big as I mean, basically. We used to say if you want a big cigar, it got bigger lengthways, and now it seems to be if you want a big cigar, yeah. they get bigger white width, you know. And so the double corona was the absolute daddy right. for um, many many years. It was like, uh, I mean, you had the Monte Cristo A, which is like uh, over nine nine and a quarter inches, doesn't mm. like that long. Um, but yeah, essentially that was as big as it got for a long time.
0: Mad, mad. Okay, so that's the situation with that. Okay, now we've got light to medium, small cigars. Now, there are a lot of cigars on this list. Uh, the one in particular that you highlighted uh, was one cigar. And actually, once you've dealt with that cigar, there is another cigar that I'd like to give an honourable mention mm. to. Uh, and if you could just tell me a little bit about that. But the one you highlighted was the H. Chapman Half Corona.
1: Mm. Well, I mean, th- we were talking about this, weren't we? Yes. The H. Chapman, um half Corona is, is a cigar, a short cigar with a long history, I think is how we would probably put that. Okay. What's the history? Um, so i tell you the story, please. All right. So, and again, I know this because uh, of work that Simon chased did, So I don't want to take credit for all of this being um, original McGee research, <laughs> but Upman have a history of that cigar. Now there's, there's, if, the original one was established in I th- God, I'm trying to think when the, the first one was. Mm. 19- anyway. Um, it became popular because in in Great Britain there was a family owned company, Melbourne Heart Company, which was established in 1877. and the, There was a, a, a nephew through marriage who ended up running the business because the owner had Become unwell, and his name was Percy Phillips. And Percy Phillips used to love going to the theatre as well as selling cigars. And he was a cigar smoker. He used to live in the what was then the the um, the suburbs of Highgate, I think. Oh, Hampstead. Okay. And and so he used to get a carriage into town with his wife after, an early supper. Carriage into town with his wife Daisy. And he'd be smoking his La Corona, which is a band Corona, which is five and five-eighths by 42 ring gauge. Mm. And then they would get into, t- they'd get into the West End and um, they would get out of the cab and he would give the tickets to Daisy and say, Daisy, you go in and get the seats. I'm going to finish up my cigar out here. So one day um, she got fed up with this and she said, um, why can't you just get a cigar that lasts the length of time from hmm. our home in West to, to to the West End? Why like, can't you just get one that's shorter? And so he uh, very wisely did what his wife told him. So he, he contacted his people at La Corona and he asked them, to, he ordered I think, 2,000 for a cigar that's three and a half inches long instead of five and five eighths, ah. forty two. So it was short enough for him to smoke on his theatrical expeditions. Mm. He called them La Corona Coronitas. And nobody liked them. He couldn't sell them. Mm. They were too small for, for the Edwardian cigar smokers of the time. But one day he was having lunch with one of his biggest clients who owned, a, I think, a, a, well, doesn't really matter who the client was. He was having lunch with his client. He offered him a cigar after lunch and the client says, no, no, I'm sorry, I can't because I've got a board meeting in 20 minutes that I need ah. to be at. And so he says, well, actually, I mean, I do have these things and he kind of apologetically offers him a La Corona Colonita, mm. And um, his customer... Lights looks at it, lights it up, and says, Well, these are ugly little brutes, but if you call them half a corona, I'll take 5,000. Holy there moly. You so you process that order as you do, as all good salesmen do. And the half a corona started selling very, very well up until 1914. After the First World War, they just absolutely rocketed. Really? And there was one point, there was a, there was a, in, by 1929, um, Melbourne Heart's trade advertising. Uh, so, in advertising for the trade in a trade publication, said that La Corona's half a Corona sold more than one million pieces, and they were about responsible for about one in thirty Havana cigars being sold in the country. My God. And then, of course, they just kind of fizzled out. Or I'm not sure exactly when they got discontinued, but they were wr- brought back by Upman in 2011 as a slightly thicker, so it's a 44 instead of a 42 ring gauge, still three and a half inches long. We also have a Monte Cristo Media Corona, the same size. That was a 2015 that came out and um it it is a wonderful little cigar i honestly i mean i love that little smoke Uh, the reason i said earlier maybe i wouldn't recommend it is because i do think it is such a little blast of cuba that it's i feel like it's for people that already love cigars but don't have the time to smoke a Mm. bigger format i think it's it's a great little stopgap doesn't do it justice you know, but it's a it's a fantastic utility cigar, mm. you know, and and a, a useful cigar for any cigar smoker to have in his humidor. Would I recommend it's the first place to start? Maybe not, because it is so small, three and a half inches. Do you get the full experience of a cigar when you smoke it? If I was saying to somebody, "What's the cigar all about?" Will I learn what a cigar's all about from smoking this? Maybe, maybe try it but maybe do something a little bit and Upman have some beautiful light to medium body cigars. Maybe something like the Majestic. Uh,
0: that was going to be the, well, uh, that was actually yeah. going to be what I was going to mention. Uh, so. Okay. The, yeah, yeah,
1: great. Which is a fantastic cigar. Well priced in my place.
0: I couldn't agree more. And you know, I, I think you know this Jimmy, but the Half Corona was actually, the h hey Chapman Half Corona was my first ever cigar. And was it? It was. It was my first ever cigar. Uh, and Greg actually picked it for me, believe it or not. Well, um, I mean,
1: I'm not. Who am I to argue with the greatest gurgly? <laughs> I mean, he knows his stuff, you know. I agree. I agree. And and look, look at you now. Uh,
0: but now, 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 look at me. I know the
1: cigars. So it works.
0: It, it did. It did. It did. And you know, he he picked it out for me, and I had it with a with a very good friend of mine. We both had uh, half Coronas. It was our first ever cigars. We smoked it together, and um, I loved it. But. I did feel as though that by the time I was really getting into the cigar, it was over. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And it was, it was a real shame. And I carried on smoking half Coronas um, for a long time, actually, uh, until I was introduced to the petite Corona. And mm. then that's when, that's when my world changed a little bit, where I really started appreciating something slightly slimmer, 42 instead of 44, um, and something longer, You know, instead of three and a half, we're talking you know five and a half, you know, uh, upwards of four and a half. That kind of that kind of length, and that's when I started having this love for the majestic, um, which is just fantastic. Fifteen quid in most places, can you imagine? Mm
1: -hmm. Mm. And 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 what's that? uh, That'll be half an hour. Easily, easily, easily. I mean, for me,
0: if I'm if if I'm with you, probably three hours. You know.
1: But it's, but it's doesn't matter does it you know you've got the cigar going you've got the conversation going and, and you're ready you know that's it and the, and the Majestic is a kind of slightly overlooked cigar sometimes I think I agree
0: um, I agree what do you think of the uh, Paul Larniaga, uh, um Petit
1: Corona I love that cigar I think that there's something quite interesting about that cigar is that it comes in boxes of 50 cabinet boxes of 50 is what we call them okay um and so that's fifty cigars that are kind of bound up in a big round wheel with a little ribbon tied on them. So they are kind of they hold together in a big kind of round circle of cigars. It's called a uh, called rows. a
0: bouquet, isn't it? Is it? I believe so. I think I it's called a bouquet.
1: Um, well, I mean, bloody good word for it because mm. it's it's got great aroma to them, um, and they age very nicely like that. You know, I think it's the same way that people say that magnums of champagne age better than single bottles because the surface area to volume of liquid decreases the bigger the vessel. And actually when you bundle in all these cigars together, there's a lot of cigars, you know, there's less surface area to number of cigars. And so it allows the cigars to mature in a quite interesting way. And so you can get some with a bit of age that are brilliant. I like them young and I like them old, to be honest. Um, I think they can be, honestly. I think sometimes you get one that's a little bit of a jolt, a little bit stronger than you're expecting. Mm. But when you get the light ones, they're smooth, they're creamy, they are sweet, they're um, a great size. You know, uh, a Petit Corona is a brilliant place for somebody to start um, as a cigar smoker because it is, it's is—it's about half an hour. Um, it's, it's nothing too kind of ostentatious, I suppose, in your hand or you don't feel too self-conscious smoking one. Um, and they have a very, very firm following. Mm. Now, you know what I'm going to say, though? Please. I would prefer the Picadores because the Picadores is one of my all-time favorite cigars, um, which is a little bit bigger. It's a little bit shorter, but it's a little bit wider. Mm. And I think that you get, a, I think some of those cigars are absolutely fantastic. But if you in could, fact,
0: tell you, sorry, I was going to say, if you could, would you prefer the Galanas over the Picadores?
1: Well, I mean, I've smoked a couple of the Galanas. The Galanas is a cigar that we launched uh, earlier this year in the UK. And, and it's a, and Yaga cigar, is quite similar. It's a little bit wider than mm. Picadoras. Um, but I have smoked enough Picadoras to, you know, I don't, I'm i a very loyal man. Ah, I, I, like wouldn't it. Like to, I wouldn't like to throw my Picadoras out on the back of two good, good lines <laughs> that I've had. I've had too many good times with my Picadoras. So... Um, <laughs> I have to say no, I'll stick with what I, I'll stick with what I have. Thanks. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Um,
0: well, you know, I've shared a picadores with you, and it was it was a really mm, beautiful experience, I have to say. Nice and spicy, you know, and not mm, a slap in the face or anything like that. It was very, very nice. I really enjoyed it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I just think I think it's a beautiful cigar. And you know, the idea that um you they're adding sizes to it is what encourages me. So I wouldn't choose Galanis or picadores I just say great that they're adding to the brand. You know, because the more options you have within there, the happier I am. Beautiful. I love I love the blend, you know. Beautiful, beautiful.
0: Yeah. OK, so the next one we've got. Sorry, excuse me. I'm going to have to do a bit of a maneuver here. Uh, Yeah, the next one we've got is the light to medium large cigars. And the one that you oh, have cool. highlighted is the San Cristobal La Fuerza.
1: Which is just a fantastic cigar. Mm. So San Cristobal, I think we mentioned earlier, it's the youngest brand that Cuba have launched. It goes back to nineteen ninety nine. And La Fuerza is uh, the, I think it's well, actually I think it's my favourite. Although I do very much like the. Um, there's a small one called El Principe, okay. which again is 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 a beautiful smoke, but maybe a little bit too small, I would say. La Fuerza is is big ring gauge maybe take about i think it's a 52 ring gauge is it okay. 50 ring gauge sorry so it's a gordito size so five and a half by 50 so it's like a, it's like an extra size robusto ah. and you get a beautiful beautiful clean taste with it mm. it's one of these brands like a lot of the modern brands, the brands that were launched in the late like the second half of the 90s um struggled a little bit to find their position in the market with some people. Uh, I, no criticism of that. People can smoke wherever they like. But I think that the, some of the new brands are, are, are sadly overlooked and San Cristobal would definitely go into that category. I think that they make top-class cigars. Mm. And anyone who's interested in trying something a little bit different, a little bit off the beaten path, a little bit something that maybe, again, you would probably have to find a specialist, um, especially a cigar specialist, to to locate one of these cigars, but they are fantastic, charming cigars.
0: Mm. I've never had a San Cristobal actually, uh, and and to be completely honest, I this had list only. Is longer and longer. I, I I had only recently found out about that brand. I, I wasn't even aware of the San Cristobal brand. To be completely honest.
1: Yeah, yeah. I think nowadays people do tend to smoke bigger and bigger cigars or wider and wider cigars. I you know I found this um, interesting statistic. About robustos, mm. you're going to like this. So robustos, we don't really know exactly when the robusto shape was first launched. We think it was either the Hoyo de Monterrey Number Two or the Particles D4 was the first one. Some sure. yeah, you know, probably the earliest records we have is like the kind of 1960s, I think. Mm. But it started getting popular in '89 when Cohiba Robusto came out, and it called itself a robusto. Mm. So everybody started really recognising when Cohiba do something. They're such a big brand. But in the mid '80s. Uh Anna Lopez, who I've mentioned to you before, who you may have a guest on the show later. Yes. Um, she was she was the marketing director for Habanos. And she was um responsible for the liaison with the particles factory when they were producing the D4 in the eighties. And she reckoned that the market for the entire world of particles D4s was five thousand sticks. Oh my god. And nowadays, it's the most popular Cuban cigar in the world.
0: Jesus Christ. And
1: so that, that just shows that people used to smoke thinner cigars. And so to choose something like the, La Fuerza maybe is a bit big, but actually to give people that extra ring gauge, which people look for now, is quite important. Mm. There's a the reason people go for that wider ring gauge. It tends to give us cooler, more rounded, easier smoke, easier draw. Mm. And, um, you know, as much as I like to be a contrarian and go for the thin <laughs> stuff... We are trying to find some nice, uh, approachable access points to the cigar world.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, great choice. Honestly, really great choice. And kind of what what can someone expect with the San Cristobal blend? Uh, Is someone going to be expecting something that's kind of more spicy, maybe sweeter? What do you think?
1: I think you get a slight zestiness to the San Cristobal, in my opinion. You, might be, you maybe get a slight kind of intonations of something a little bit fresher. Oh, you know, maybe no. if we're talking about the other ones are being like a coffee of a kind of cafe au lait, they're all quite sweet and quite kind of um, rounded. This is a bit more zingy, a little bit more fresh, a little bit maybe like a zest to them. Still quite light, still quite elegant, but maybe a little bit more vibrant on your palate. Interesting. Yeah? interesting but again i mean i'm i'm you can probably tell not massively comfortable trying to give flavor points for these things I'm by saying you. specific things i'm because, with you because um i remember somebody once taking a box of cigars back to one of our um cigar merchants a while ago now he wanted to return them because they didn't taste of chocolate because mm-hmm. he'd read a review that said you know oh, will remind of dark chocolate or whatever which i think is a fair tasting note sure and be taken too literally and i don't want people to be complaining this doesn't taste anything like lemon zest. Yeah, exactly. You know, huh? <laughs> these, are, these are my these are my own kind of ad hoc tasting notes. I think a you know, years.
0: I th- I had a guest on a very long time ago who spoke about um tasting notes in coffee, and I I'd I'd like to just make this really clear. I think when people are talking, yes, people can get carried away, and and I think that's a bit crazy to be completely honest. Oh, this talks this tastes like the the pit of a mm-hmm. peach. It's just like, well how, well, how the hell do you know what that tastes like? You mm. know, it's very unusual anyway
1: there was a there was a style everyone started going through everything tasted like stone fruit stone wow. fruit
0: okay Perfect. i
1: mean everywhere every tasting i went to i've been told let's to, to go and look up what stone fruit tastes stone fruit you know yeah, this so, is yeah, a this yeah. is a
0: really popular thing within coffee uh especially the nicer coffees uh, the ethiopians the kenyans the uh guatemalans the um uh, kenyans and all that sort of stuff right Um, you know stone fruit this and stone fruit that but Mm. i think what people need to understand is these taste notes are elements of a taste that are around the same kind of thing so for example if someone says something tastes like dark chocolate they're not saying it tastes like dark chocolate they're saying it has a bitterness that reminds them of dark Mm -hmm. chocolate you know and i think that's important for people to understand what you mean by a lot of these tasting notes
1: I think that's. I think, and what I think is is quite interesting is that that's that exactly like you said that this is not a flavour that you're looking for. It's something that in it's indicative of, yes. or it's reminiscent of, or it's, you know, it's pressing some kind of memory button of that flavour. Um, and I think that's quite well accepted within the wines and the, and yeah. the drinks trade that you know if you say well this is a lovely floral bouquet on this wine you're not saying well it actually smells like a rosebud or or if you say it smells of i don't know saddle leather or whatever mm. people are using those terms or cherry you know they're, they're using those terms quite smartly yes um whereas i think we're a little bit behind the times with the cigars so this is what i mean it would be quite nice to just get an, a, an agreement did I tell you about what they do in Cognac? Where they do you did.
0: Yeah, you did. did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: Which I think is incredible. I agree. So I don't want to get to that level. Mm. Um, but I would like to Would like to have, I think, because I think what happens is if you say earthy, I say spicy, somebody else says peppery, somebody else might say, I don't know, roast, spice. Sure. We're actually talking about the same term. Yeah. We're talking about the same tasting note. But we end up with an argument going around and around. So it's semantics it's rather semantics. than flavours. So you, you want to get into something, some kind of agreed vocabulary for the tastings before people can actually start making progress in terms of um, understanding.
0: Right? Mm. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I I, agree. It really is semantics. And a lot of people argue over the same thing, you know, which is, uh, yeah. <laughs> it's it's madness. Um, yeah. Okay. So the next right, where one. Have we got up to? So we're at medium small cigars medium. now, and the the two that you have highlighted, uh, one of which I have tried, the other I have not, uh, which is the Cohiba Siglo 2 and the uh, Romeo and Julietta Short Churchill.
1: Yeah, but that Short Churchill is robust though. Now Romeo and Julieta as a brand is, I think, the third best selling brand in the UK. It's an absolute juggernaut of a brand. Mm medium bodied floral um sweet i think it's got a little bit of um a little bit of spice that people don't often talk about um people talk about rome and julietta as being a very kind of um lots of floral notes lots of kind of easy accessible flavors to it but quite um quite intriguing quite a lot going on on the palate as well um and you can get things like the Chewbox number 3 or 2, which are smaller cigars than the, the Short Churchill. The Short Churchill is a classic Robusto size. Um, it would never have been smoked by um, Churchill because it was brought out in like 2007 or 2006. Sure. But it's, so it's quite a modern style. Um, but I think that Romeo and Juliet is a really, would be a really interesting place for some people to start. I don't think it's too overpowering.
0: I couldn't for agree it, more with you, it, really. actually. And there are many, many people that I know uh, who started off in the Romeo Giulietta, um uh, um in the in the Romeo Giulietta house. Um, yes. and they they thought because it was it, very rewarding in its flavor profile,
1: partly because it's very widely available, yes. Um, but partly because it's it's a great it's a great taste as well, yes. And the other one is the Cohiba Siglo 2. Absolutely. Moreva size. size, so five one eight by 42, medium bodied. Um, Cohiba is the flagship brand from Cuba, from Cuba um, established in 1966, but then actually not launched until uh, 82. But the Siglo range came, back, came out in 1992 mm. because it was 500 years. I think we've mentioned this in the yeah. last podcast. Siglo century, so it's 1492 to 1992. Um, Cohiba, so I'll tell you a little story about the history of Cohiba. Please do. So there was a chap called um, uh, Eduardo Rivera, who was a Maestro Ligador and a Master Blender. So master, master, master Ligador, which is a Master Blender, and a top-grade torcedor cigar roller. And he used to roll these cigars for himself. He was in La Corona factory, I think, and he used to take some of these tobaccos and he roll up this little blend of, what well, you probably in Cuba you would call fumars, smokes, mm. just you know rolled up, no blend written down, but he knew what he was doing to the tea. He'd roll these long thin cigars for himself to smoke, but also he'd give them to friends and family as a little kind of you know something to smoke. And uh, there was a chap called Bienvenido, who, uh, Bienvenido Perez, who was a friend of Chicho's. So he got some of these cigars but his day job was head of security for fidel castro Ah, and so one day fidel doesn't have a cigar i'll ask bienvenido whose nickname was chicho um, for one of these cigars and chicho hands over the cigar and the the legend is that fidel castro instantly recognizes that the, the depth and balance and aromatic qualities of this cigar and says, my God, where did you get this cigar from, Chicho? And Chicho says, well, actually, my friend yeah, my, my friend Eduardo Rivera so Eduardo goes in for a meet, quite a tense meeting, I imagine, with yep. Fidel Castro explaining what he's been doing with the people's tobacco. Um, <laughs> and on the back of that, he's set up um, as the master blender for this very small factory in El Leguito which is, just translates as Little Lake it's an old mansion house. It mm. um, doesn't make any sense as a that's a cigar factory at all. It an English family of sugar magnets named Fowler. And they were famous in this country for Fowler's treacle, apparently. Anyway, it's, um, it's, it's known as Little Lake because, or El Agito because there's a little pond nearby. And um, that was around about 1963 that that started. The first cigar started coming out in 1966. It's a very unusual history for mm. because you imagine a Bay of pigs was april 61 embargo february the 7th 1962 communism had come to to cuba in 1959 yep and um in amongst all of this they managed to launch one of the most successful luxury products, luxury brands in the world and i would challenge you to think of another luxury product that's been successfully launched by communism. Mm. Um, but Cohiba is undoubtedly a success and undoubtedly um, at the very top of, 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 the, of the pyramid, not just of Cuba, but of all cigar brands. And so the reason we chose the uh, Siglo is because that's a little bit lighter. The original Cohibas were medium full. They're now called the Linea Classica. Okay. And we have the Behike, which are full flavoured. Um and but the the linear 1492 or the siglo range medium bodied, most approachable, most easygoing. And the siglo two is the probably the the the, well, it's the size that we've already spoken about a few other times. It's this Mareva or corona size, 42 ring gauge by um five and one eighth of an inch. Beautiful. So that's why the that's why the siglo two. Beautiful, beautiful. But you know, there's there's other things out there. There's a there's a media siglo, which is a short fat cigar. There's lots of others. There's lots Mm. of other. But I would go for a, one with Siglo in the name would probably be the best one to start with.
0: Fantastic, brilliant. Um, but yeah, no, actually, I've, I I love the Short Churchill. Um, it's a, a cigar that I I've smoked on a few occasions, and I really enjoy that one. Actually, um, I never smoked a Cohiba ever, believe it or not. Um, so that is interesting.
1: That's, um, that surprises me.
0: Yeah, well, I've I we have I've, to do
1: something about that as well. So we got a Cohiba. Double Corona from Coy de Monterey. What yep. was
0: the other one? Uh, oh, Lorena. Lorena, yeah. Getting quite yeah. a list.
1: A long <laughs> afternoon ahead of us, <laughs> I'm exactly. on. Exactly. <laughs>
0: okay. Okay, this is where things get quite interesting now. Okay, so we've got the medium large cigars. Now, there are some serious, serious heavy hitters on this particular list. Um, now, the one that you highlighted... Oh, actually, I believe you actually added this onto the list... Uh, is the Sancho Panza bellicoso?
1: Mm. What is that? Yeah, Never heard of it to... ever. Okay, so Sancho Panza was the the squire for Don Don Quixote. Okay, so he was somebody who's he's incredibly popular in Spain. Uh, he was a fun-loving kind of fat little kind of squire for Don Quixote, those, the the misguided knight. Sure. Uh, medium-bodied. Um, It's got a slight savoury, salty almost flavour to it that I think really marks it out as quite different from a lot of other cigars. I absolutely love it. It's a cigar that nobody smokes. They do a smaller one called the Non Plus, um, which is the same size as the Sigler 2 and all these others. So that might be a more sensible place to start. But I think it is a, a fantastic example of how, just because you don't know this brand or know this shape or size, the quality is no way judged by how famous this cigar is. Mm. So this what what is, is the shape? As, it's a it's, a, it's a called a uh, in the factories it's called a campana, which in Spanish means bell. Mm. And it's so it's the same size as the Bolivar Bella It's a figurado, so it tapers at one end, but it's five and a half inches by fifty-two, as opposed to something like the Cigla, uh, the Monte Cristo number two, which is six and one eighth by fifty two. Okay. Is that so also a, known as a
0: pyramid? Short,
1: well the Pyramide is the six and one eighth by four, by fifty-two. So the Pyramide would be the P two, ah. the uh number two, um, and the Monte Cristo number two. Interesting. Uh, the Campana, which is the Vatello de Galera. Um the Campana would be Bolivar Bellacoso, uh Rome and Giulietta do one, and San Cristobal have one called La Punta. Ah, okay. So it's 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 a it's a it's a great size.
0: Fascinating. The the other mm. two that I thought would be, or the, the other three that I was I was quite interested in, and one of which I have smoked, is the Trinidad Fundadoras, mm. uh, which I have had before, um, is which is just unbelievable. My God, like different level stuff. The Romeo Giulietta Churchill. Mm-hmm. Um, and from what I've heard from a few people, the best... Siglo that Cohiba makes, which is the Siglo Five.
1: Oh wow, you've got some very good. Well, your friends have got good taste. I think the Siglo <laughs> Five is a fantastic cigar. I really do. I think the. I mean, I was expecting you to say Siglo Six, which is an absolute, you know, a powerhouse of a cigar. It's. I remember when that came out in 2002 and mm. it put it on the shelves in Selfridges, and I remember saying to my colleague, "Well, that's never going to sell. Look at it." Yeah, <laughs> I was completely wrong. Was it too big, too cigar. too thick? I thought it would be too wide, but, yeah. like, you know, what do I know? You know, that's, mean, uh, that, that
0: and the Esplendidos is dad's favourite smokes, believe it
1: or not. Yeah, well, I mean, that's fantastic. I think the Siglo 6 is a 52 ring gauge. Mm. And at the time, it was the, it was the widest parejo in the standard market. And now you've got, you know, a lot of cigars that, that have... They have uh, superseded it in terms of length, I mean, in terms of width. It mm. doesn't really stand up anymore. But the, yeah, I love the Siglo 5. I think it's fantastic. It's nice to hear it getting a, an airing. It's a, a Dahlia size. So it's, it's kind of like a Particles 898 would be the other example of that. Ah, um, okay. Interesting. Quite an unusual size. Um, but it's, uh, yeah, I mean, why not? Why not? Go for, go for something like that. But it would be, that would be an hour or so. I think it may be getting a little bit big. Sure. for Somebody who's very new to it, Churchill. Roman Julia to Churchill. I mean, that is a kind of gold standard classic. Mm, bit know? of an icon, right? Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's 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 difficult to kind of uh, to say because it's, it's 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 less popular now than it used to be because it's not you know just because of its shape and size. Sure. Has nothing to do with its flavor. It's just people like to smoke cigars that are slightly wider now it's a forty seven ring gauge by seven inches long, um known as the Julieta number two in the factories ah. and um it's i think it, a cigar of that length really allows it time to progress and develop as you smoke it you know? and you really do get that three stages of the cigar mm. and I think it's it's um a great cigar, but I don't know. I don't know if I'd be a bit too much for Anubia, a newbie. Bit too much. Bit too much. Bit too much. I think,
0: yeah. Okay, so we are kind of nearing the last three or four categories now. Um, okay. We're up to medium to four small cigars now, and this features one cigar, which is um, a icon for the Habanos portfolio, and another which. I Want to Marry. Um, <laughs> I, know, uh, I know what that one is. You know what that is. Uh, so one is the Monte Cristo number four. And the other is the Trinidad Media Luna.
1: Okay, so the one that you want to marry is the Media Luna. Absolutely. Um, let's do the Monte Cristo number four first. I'm going to tell you something about that. That's the best-selling Cuban cigar in the UK. Um, always is. It's the second best-selling Cuban cigar is the Monte Cristo Petit Tubos, which is the same cigar just in a tube, really. Mm. Um, and people often say, well, why was it so popular? If it's medium full, when you talk about the flavor of a Monte Cristo, people talk about a tanginess that it has, okay. kind of like an orange zest or something like that. It's got a spiciness. It's kind of, it's a little bit fiery. It's um, I think it's a fantastic blend. You know, we talked about the Edmundo in the last show, um, and I absolutely love it. And I say, well, maybe it's just because it's so popular because of its, its name or it's got good marketry or mm. what? A friend of mine who does quite well out of me for cigars, um, sometimes when he goes on holiday, I say, have you got any bits and pieces? And I'll give him a few cigars and off he goes. And one year, we didn't see each other before he we went away. He came back and he said, Jim, I found this cigar. Absolutely fantastic. Right. Perfect for me. It's a Monte Cristo. Have you heard of it? So, so I say... Yeah, yeah, it's quite a, popular, <laughs> quite a popular cigar brand, actually. We do sell a few in the UK as well. Yeah. And he says, I think it's the number four. Oh, absolutely my God. Perfect. Just long enough to smoke after dinner. And, you know, there it is. Yeah. In a nutshell, there's a guy that smokes occasionally who went off his own back and just found the cigar, absolutely loved it. It's got depth, it's got character, it's got, it's got a little bit of grit under its fingernails, mm. it's, it's a little bit earthy. And it's got that slight sweetness, which I think people talk about as a tanginess. Yeah. It's quite common to hear people talk about the Monte Cristo tang. And Montefort, like a lot of the cigars we've spoken about, is a Mareva size. So again, it's half an hour, 40 minutes. Well, probably 40 minutes is a bit of a stretch. Sure. About, about half an hour. You know, perfect. Fantastic. But I would like to hear you talk about Medelluna.
0: Okay, I will indeed. So you very kindly... Uh, gave me three cigars the Picadoras the specially selected by Romano Lones and the Trinidad Media Luna now um, I oh, you know I really like the Trinidad brand I'm a huge fan of the Fundadoras Um, uh, not so much of the Coloniales I had a very bad experience with one once uh, but I'd love to revisit that uh, and I've heard great things about the Reyes as well um, it's, it's a lovely yeah yeah uh lit up the media luna and had a a transcendental experience honestly i felt i felt as though it was all borderline sexual it was it was quite extraordinary <laughs> um <laughs> it was it was it was unreal i couldn't believe it the flavor profile was perfect for me absolutely perfect it was you know complex and and deep but it still had this kind of you know this gentle touch about it very typical kind of Trinidad uh, thing going on there. Um, you know, I could get these really beautiful coffee flavours about midway through. But I was also getting mm-hmm. very buttery, creamy, vanilla mm. flavours on the roof of my uh, mouth. Ah, oh, just an absolute pleasure. And I smoked it all the way down, um, all the way down to the nub. It was just such an unbelievable smoke. The the best smoke I've had all year by, by far. And so good, in fact that during an interview with Eddie and Edward Sahakian, I mentioned my recent experience with the Media Luna. Mm-hmm. and I uh, spoke so highly of the cigar that two days later, Eddie put out a video on his Instagram page on the Davidoff of London saying that he'd been inspired to talk about the Media Luna. So, my God, I, I I love it. And it's
1: not too big, it's 4.5 by 50, you know, that would be I mean, it's medium bodied actually, so that maybe it's snuck into the medium full category there, but it's a fantastic cigar. Can I tell you a brief history of the Trinidad brand?
0: Absolutely. If you've got time for it, go ahead.
1: Yeah, yeah of course. Um, well, everybody knows the was set up in 1966 for Fidel Castro, and he started giving these cigars to heads of state. And, um, but actually, the Trinidad was started in 1969, and it was made exclusively for the Council of State, the Cuban Council of State. Mm. Not... Fidel Castro, as a lot of people say, okay. um, it was just one size, Ligita number one. So like the uh, Lancero, but it was a very powerful blend. It was much more similar to Particus than it is now. Okay, and it was given to um, diplomats, visiting diplomats, or diplomats that would go abroad would hand these cigars to people as a kind of gift, and so it became known as the Trinidad Diplomat.
2: Ah,
1: it's very difficult to. I mean, for me, whenever I do one of these tastings, and I say, well, right, we're going to have a Trinidad, and you always get one person say. Well, we're not smoking Cubans then, mm. but Trinidad is actually a 17th century city in the, well, on the south coast of Cuba, and it's a UNESCO heritage site, it's a world heritage site, it's a beautiful, beautiful place, um, and so it's named after that city rather than what I think most people think of Trinidad, Trinidad, yeah. and Tobago. So, this, this kind of mystery cigar was being distributed around a very high kind of diplomatic circles for mm. some time. Nobody knew about it until September 1992 was the first, was when the Cigar Aficionado magazine, American publication, Cigar Aficionado, came out, and um they had a little article about it in the magazine, and so that caused a, like a stampede around the world for everybody, all the cigar aficionados, to try and find this mystery cigar. Sure. Where the hell, you know, where? What is this Trinidad? How can we get it? So when the when the magazine comes out. Everybody reads it. Every all cigar lovers start reading this magazine. They see this little piece about this mystery cigar, yep, and go mad for it. Basically, start trying to find it wherever they possibly can. Of course, not all of the diplomats that have been given these cigars are smokers. So some still have them. Sure, and they see that everybody our cigars. And they start selling them, and they start selling for quite a lot of money. And um, I think in '97 a box in Geneva sold for $15,000 oh which is a God. lot of money. So the Cubans decide actually if everybody wants this cigar why don't we make it for them, you know? And, but they reblended it. Amelia Tamayo, who was a uh, director at El Aguito, was in charge of it and she was trying to create a, well, it was Ana Lopez, again, Ana Lopez, who was very heavily involved in trying to recreate a more approachable, affable, easy-going blend rather than this full-flavoured mm. diplomat. So they changed the shape and size a little bit. But they also got Raul Vall- Valladeras involved, who's like known as the master of masters for blenders. Wow. And it was him and Ana who worked very closely together to create this new Trinidad. And that was launched into the market in 98. One size, the Fundadores, quite a long, thin cigar, mm. which I think we've spoken about. Um, and it, for a long time, it was quite unusual because it was sit there on its own. It cost more than a Cohiba Lanceros, mm. but everybody knew the Cohiba story. And this Trinidad thing was kind of a bit of a difficult sell mm. to some people because um, it was, even when I started, it's quite an unusual size. Always, absolutely top quality. Always a very, very good quality cigar. Mm. And so, um, they bought out some new sizes. There's been a few changes in the um, in the range, but uh, the last few years, I think they bought out some decent sizes, some some more modern sizes. And the Medialuna Luna would be one would be one of those. Amazing. So I think the Medialuna Luna is a great place to start. I think that would be a good first cigar. But that's you know these are premium cigars, so that it's a bit more. You spend a little bit more on a on a media luna than you would on something like a majestic.
0: Uh, I I would I would say first and foremost, um, listen, if you got the dosh, guys, please just just spend a bit more and go for the media luna. It, it it's on a different level. Uh, honestly, I'm I don't care what your palate is like. This is just such an <laughs> unbelievable cigar. It really is beautiful. I would happily smoke that every single day. Such a such a beautiful beautiful cigar. Um, That's good. Yeah. Okay, so uh, I'm actually going to skip the, the, the next one. I'm going to go straight to four small cigars. Yes. Um, now, I'm a big fan of this, actually, after I smoked it with you. I really... Wasn't that a surprise? ...really liked it. I never thought I'd be able to smoke one of these, I'll be completely honest with you, but it is the Partigas Series D number 4 and number 6, and the specially yeah. selected other the three. So why don't you run us through the Partigas really quickly?
1: Okay, so Particus um, is uh, the most popular full flavour brand that we have. It's the most popular full flavour brand, brand in the world for Cuban cigars. The alphabet series is something that dates back uh, many, many years. And the, the letter is the ring gauge, and the number is the length. So you have an A4 and a D4 and a D6, D5, D3, all with a 50 ring gauge. And the D6 is three and a half inches long by 50 ring gauge. So it's, very, it's a, quite an odd looking yeah. cigar. It reminds me of that um, Mark Twain quote that says, It's not the size of the dog in the fight, it's the size of the fight in the dog. Yeah. And there's a lot of fight in this little dog. There and is. Maybe it's a Chihuahua owner. I quite <laughs> respect that. I love it because it, kind of, it kind of doesn't make sense as a cigar. Mm. You know, why do I love this? Silly little thing, so much, yeah. but it's got. It's like an. It's, it's, uh, I've, I don't. Again, I don't think this is one of mine. But it's a great espresso cigar.
2: You know, I it's agree. A real,
1: it's a. It's a. You know, it's like people talk about like a stiff gin and tonic being a back straightener. This is a back straightener or, you know, this is something to ping your eyes back. Mm. That and a coffee first thing in the morning. What a great way to start the day. You know, know? I can
0: imagine uh, Amir's um, uh, Jamaican Blue Mountain coffee going really beautifully with that particular cigar. Uh, The difference coffee. And,
1: And actually, when we smoke that you were a little bit concerned that it might be a bit too full. Yes, I because was. not it, it, was, it was not really in the kind of areas that you were used to smoking. Sometimes. Yes. But what you found was there was lots of great flavours in there. I loved because it. Because when we're talking about strength, we're not talking about nicotine levels or tar levels. We're talking about flavour. Yeah. and Excuse me. And you can get a lot of really rich, nuanced flavour without feeling like you've been knocked back on your heels mm. by a kind of big nicotine punch. Yeah. And so and, and, D6... and we smoked
0: we smoked two cigars that day, and I was totally mm-hmm. fine. You know, so I, I guess I guess we we smoked the uh, I think it was the Epicure number one or the Petite Petit Robusto. Petit Robusto. Yep. Mm. Uh, and we smoked the number four as well, the uh, Partagas number four, and it was I was totally fine. Mm. I was so mm. so happy. My God, it was such a great cigar, the number four. And, really
1: amazing. And so D six, not four. D six,
0: correct. Yes.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so, but the D six is just a shortened version of a D four. Mm. So the D four is four and seven and eight by fifty, and the D six is three and a half by, six, sure. by fifty. Sure. So, I don't know. I mean, I don't. Maybe the D six is a bit too of a too much of a kind of a funny animal to be your first cigar. Sure. Maybe a D four would actually be a little bit easier to smoke.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: But, and also. Bear in mind that that D4 is the most popular Cuban cigar in the world. Are you for real? Yeah, yeah. yeah. That is, that is the, the Cubans sell more D4s than they do of any other cigar in their handmade Habanos portfolio. Wow. So it's not like some cigars are like a little glass of water, and others are like others are like a kind of a big glass of new made spirit. Mm. And you've got all of the, you know. They're all. They're all. Enjoyable cigars, you yeah. know, not, none of them are designed that you don't get these kind of you know, like my kids sometimes they go to the sweet shop and they buy the super sour ball, yep, which are just designed to just ruin your mouth. Absolutely, there's, there's no cigar that's been designed to just knock you, not Cuban cigar, yeah. that's been designed to knock you on the head and leave you just kind of gasping for mm. a glass of water. They've all been created for, for an actual palate to enjoy. So, I think the default. I wouldn't recommend it. It's the first cigar you try. But I don't think anybody should be too scared of try smoking across the portfolio. Because one of the things now is that you've got that idea now. You've smoked the Epicure number twos. You know what the light blends are like. You've had a great time with the Trinidad Media Luna, oh, which is a medium body cigar. Yeah. And now you've got the top point there with the D6. And I think you've had a Lusitania in the past as well. I have. So now I you have. understand how these brands work within each other. And often I will get asked to do a like a pairing, say, for example, or somebody will will have a, a couple of drinks and they want to bring it out with recommendations.
2: Mm.
1: What I normally do is I'll smoke an epicure number no. two at the same time, epicure number no. two, light flavoured, Roman Julieta, short Churchill, medium flavoured, Particus D4, full flavoured, all exactly the same shape and size. Mm. And then within that, you can begin to see which drink it probably chimes with the best. What, which cigar the drink challenges with the best, and then begin to think, well, okay, it we'll work with that. It we'll would work a bit more with something a little bit less or a little bit more. Yeah. And that's how you kind of begin to put pairings together. Um, and you've got now, you've got, so that's another thing is as you're smoking, it's great to get your favorites. It's great to get the ones that you can keep going back to, but mm. don't be put off by exploring some of the other cigars that are in the range. Because I don't think, you know, let's say D6 is great, but there's also a part of the short. Which is one of my favourite cigars, really? and that's a minuto size. So that's like a forty-two ring gauge, but it's only four and three eighths of an inch. Mm. And they—I don't know if they still do—but the cabinets of fifty,
2: wow,
1: the, the part of the short is a very rare, rare treat for me. And again, it's a twenty-five-minute smoke. Lots of power, lots of vigour, lots of earth, lots of pepper, lots of spice. Um, but a great way to clear the airways, you know.
0: Beautiful Beautiful: Sorry. No, I had one hell of an experience with my first D um, uh, D6. Um, uh, uh, D6. Um, mm. truly, truly a beautiful cigar. The construction was unbelievable. The flavors were really rich mm. and powerful and not overwhelming, but um, you know, really gave a lot to think about and a lot to consider. Very, very beautiful. I really enjoyed Long it.
1: Finish. stays with you it really yeah. does it really yeah. does
0: um, and obviously the red band looks awesome as well I love it <laughs> um, well. the last that one works. mate uh, uh, as we tie things up is the full flavoured large cigar your choice is the Lusitanius.
1: quite right I mean never recommend this for the first cigar absolutely but not but I felt like if we kind of talk long full flavoured cigars the Lusitania needs to be mentioned mm. I think if you can get a cabinet of 50 Lusitanias, mm. and I, you know, I mean, I see them occasionally. Um, uh, not so much now that we're not, right, anyway, it's a long story, but I don't really go down to the warehouse at the moment because of all the COVID restrictions and sure. stuff like that. Sure, sure, but, sure. You know, Normally, I'm always nosing around in the boxes in the warehouse. Yep. But if you take a box, a week, like this, what did you do, bouquet? Yeah, I believe they called did a bouquet, yeah. yeah. I'm calling them that from now on. You take the bouquet, a bundle of cigars, Rest that on top of the box for me, that's one of the most exciting sights that you can see in the cigar world. Wow, a beautiful as a thing I'm lucky, right? I go to Cuba every year, yes. And I, I'm less lucky that I, well, I suppose maybe not, but I go to I take my training group to Club Tropicana, mm. um, or the Tropicana show, um, sure. every year, and I've seen it a few times now. It's a you know, it's a big. Cabaret is an amazing venue and everything like that. But I like a Lusitania when I go in there and I sit there and I smoke my cigar and I watch the show again and it lasts just about the same amount of time. And that is one of my life's great pleasures, sitting there having a Lusitania. It's a, it's a, of its kind, I think it might be the best cigar that my favorite cigar. Wow. Um, I don't think it's an everyday cigar um but i think that there's just something
0: when the time calls for it
1: um yeah there's just um there's nothing better really mm. if you've got the time for it um yeah it's superlative in its way mm. beautiful you know, it's an absolute it's it's a, it's a great cigar well you Maybe know a what christmas day cigar i think you're right than...
0: i think you're right and 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 you know what mate i think i think what you've and what we've kind of done together here is is really provide the listener with some proper ammunition, you know. And I, I think what I would recommend is what you got me to do is where you gave me three cigars and you said, Omar, work your way through them and yeah. let me know what you think. And and kind of what we did together as well, where we had the Petit Robusto and we had the Partigas uh, D4, a uh, D6, sorry. Um yeah that really allows you to have a very very good idea and an interesting grasp on what you like and what you don't like and how to experiment and i think what the listener should maybe take home from this is yes there's some recommendations but don't limit yourself to one brand one flavor profile one size experiment and have a variety in your humidor and i think that's probably the best thing to take away from this
1: yeah, I think so. I think so. I mean, I think the other thing is it's quite interesting when we, when when I do cigar dinners, people you have c- cigar smoking is an occasional activity for most people. Sure. And it's quite difficult to hold those flavors in your mind for six months and then smoke another cigar and in any accuracy compare it with the cigar that you smoked before. Mm. So if you are developing an interest it's quite nice to smoke a couple of cigars back to back or even at the same time. And then you really get an idea of how these different blends can taste, Mm. you know, um, take a bit of time. But the most important thing is that, you know, you just enjoy it. You don't rush, You don't inhale, make sure, you know, if you can find a buddy that you like to smoke. The other thing is if you go to one of these sampling lounges, you know what it's like, you can't help but end up talking to somebody else, you know, very convivial atmosphere in there. um, people don't want to you know if you want to be left alone you'll be left alone but if you want to have a chat with somebody there's always somebody there that's going to want to join in often the cigar is the point of conversation Mm. that starts it but it's it's the thing that keeps me so interested and passionate about the industry really is the effect it has on people i couldn't agree with them i
0: I couldn't agree more i couldn't agree more but jimmy uh, you know what i gotta say going through all of this all the experiences you've provided a new dimension for me in my cigar journey uh where i was restricted to the hoyos and the upmans and the paul laran that's really where my experience was concentrated you know opening me up to the ramon alones the um the trinidad the uh partagas end of the of, of the world is it has just been unbelievable and it's 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 made me as you have also made my audience very very hungry for more information so for for that mate i have to say thank you so much and you know it's really been one hell of a journey so far and i'm looking forward to carrying it on
1: that's my pleasure anytime omar we we um i think we need to go to uh, edmundos again
0: absolutely absolutely yeah. we'll see the original omar <laughs> brilliant well listen mate thank you again for your time I really appreciate it and looking forward to having you again soon
1: thanks Omar